everything in life that we really care about engaging in has a component of it not working. Everything. Josh, welcome to episode three of the Skyrun series. Good to have you here. Thank you very much. Great to be here, as always. Of course. Um, so just to get everyone up to speed, this is a weekly docu-series where I'm going to be catching up with Josh once a week on average. There are weeks when we skip it because his schedule is all over the place and he's training super hard for this run. And every week I have him give us an inside peek into what's going on with the Skyrun Challenge. If you need a quick catch up on what the Skyrun Challenge is, then head back over to episode one in this series because that's going to give you a quick catch up and then you can dive into whatever episode you want to listen to. Today is another weekly update because there's just so much happening with the challenge and a quick dive into something Josh and I have been talking about for a while now and it keeps coming up in different themes when you're doing something as big as this. So I'm going to leave you with that as a teaser and go into the update first. So are you ready for today, Josh? Absolutely. Let's do this. Great to see you as always, Aditi. Thank you. You as well. Okay, perfect. I see you've got your NASA t-shirt on, which is awesome. <laughs> Um, okay, cool. So Josh, what's been happening this week? Um, catch me up because it's it's been about 10 days since we last spoke. It's been about 10 days. Um, there's there's quite a bit. So as I said last week, there was a, a pretty big conversation that I had with a potential sponsor. And that's been pretty fascinating because that's kind of split into two different conversations with two different organizations through that one. And I, I, I'm not at liberty to say who it is just yet. Um, mm -hmm. but, but there's but there's a there's a large uh, European organization that I'm speaking with right now that um, that is, is really fascinated on potentially being able to help fund the airship because again that is the only bottleneck that we have right now because right. all of the work has been done so so I own the the design and the, the rights for the first ever airship to be built using uh, running as the power mechanism. So mm -hmm. all of us, we even have a design document down to how big of the bolts that we need to use actually in the airship. So, right. so that's sorted. It's just getting the money for the materials because most of the people that are involved there, as I mentioned, I believe on the, in the first episode, that most of the people involved are actually volunteering time and mm -hmm. a lot of the effort uh, the getting that design document did cost me personally a, a, a bit of money, so I paid that out of my pocket. But the rest is uh, is is up for funding. So there's there's two. Well, there's actually a number, but there's two like larger potential naming sponsors that uh, that I've been in the works with now over the past two weeks. And yeah, uh, yeah so it looks like we might have some interesting things coming up. But there's that, and then also I'm getting ready to go to the U.S. on Thursday to go and do a massive road trip with my father, which is going to be also a big run, like promotion for the skyrun.com and the challenge. It's quite cute. He's actually gone away because we're doing a road trip together. He's gone away and he had he ordered in these like magnets for the car. These like big magnet signs that, are, that say like the skyrun.com. And I spoke with, uh, uh, yeah, which is quite funny. Cool. <laughs> you got little flags for the windows. It's brilliant. Yeah. And, um, 
And he, and then I've also spoken with Edwin, who's the general manager of Oslo Marathon, who's gone away and in, in, in a quick turnaround has made me two t-shirts that say the skyrun.com on them with a right to play logo and the Oslo right. Marathon, the, the two organizations I'm an ambassador for. So that is awesome. So, you, you know, you need to get us, you need to get us a couple more of those, right? Because, um, yeah, I, I've asked you for t-shirts for a while now to do this show. So, <laughs> um, okay, listen, just, um, so I know, and if we have anyone listening that can help in any way, what kind of money are we talking? What kind of sponsorship amount are we talking to get this airship built? Do we know, do we have an estimate? We, we do. And, and it, I mean, there's a total breakdown, but really the total to build the entire airship and that's because there's different components here so there's one organization called cameron balloons that's actually building the the balloon like the blimp itself and there's the other there's another organization called ac uh, marine and composite who are building the the hamster wheel and and also the propellers so all the carbon things and then there's there's yeah there's a number of different organizations involved but total um mainly for the materials and for a, like some of the time for some of the engineers that are going to be there with actually like the women and men with the tools in their hands building this thing all up it's going to be about eight hundred thousand knock which is about eighty thousand dollars ish and um, and that's and that's in total to get the entire thing so ideally uh we will have a couple of sponsors or one sponsor potentially uh coming up that are just take care of all of that so but if people do want to help out if there's an organization listening to this then they just go to the skyrun.com. Uh, it's a new website. And also, if there's any issues with that website, you can email me on that because I'm super keen to hear people's feedback. Okay. But um, actually, just, I, yeah, I just put it together on a train <laughs> on my way to Harangavia over the weekend. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very basic, but it's, it's getting um, yeah, refreshed and rebuilt quite often. So go there. Cool. You have the information for Right to Play, the organization mm -hmm. I'm supporting that's helping 10,000 girls around the world access education and helping save their young lives and then you can also contact me if you're interested in helping actually build the airship there's a sentence that's cool yeah, yeah yeah well that's that's amazing yeah and, and i think the way this has happened so far josh has been um you showing up in different places talking about the challenge and someone listening in on the conversation and saying hey tell me a bit more about that and then yeah. pulling in resources to help make it happen so um I think there's a lot of power in in us sharing as well and inviting people that want to be a part of this to to join. Um, tell remind me again, uh, where are we with right to play now? Because I know that there was uh, has are there any conversations? Do we have to get anything in place with right to play at the moment, or are donations enabled at the moment? Oh yeah, so we're great question. So that re my relationship with right to play has stemmed back over the past over the past year actually. So. With the Skyrim, um, obviously that is the biggest thing that I'm doing to help raise money to help all these girls, 10,000 girls, because that's my commitment to them. Now, I'm not employed by Right to Play in any way, shape or form. It's purely voluntary, uh, mm -hmm. my, my relationship with them. Um, and what I'm also doing is these monthly challenges. So like this month has been a, a big burpee challenge and last week, which is awful, by the way, don't do a burpee challenge. And then last month there was a rowing, like a rowing machine challenge. Uh, just yeah. to keep the engagement going and, pe and keeping people donating, you know. Um, so 100% right. of the money goes directly to Right to Play. And with every single challenge that I do, I always support a new children's cause. And so for the Skyrun specifically, is Right to Play. 
um, going you know, down the track in, in future challenges, it'll be a different organization. And I, I just do that too, because these challenges tend to get quite a bit of media. And I didn't do that to kind of spread the awareness and engagement around different children's causes around the world. So yeah, so right to play is definitely, that, that is, is a full, um, full relationship, like right? fully locked in, uh, everything's committed or confirmed through them. I'm a very proud ambassador of right to play and donations are absolutely open. So if you go to theskyrun.com, all the information is there on how to donate. And how it works out is about 30 US dollars ish, like about 30, it's actually about 32 US dollars saves one girl. That's actually the amount of money it costs them as an organization to provide education for a girl for a year. So my relationship with Right to Play is completely confirmed. I'm a very proud ambassador and have been for over a year now of Right to Play's work. So with every single challenge, I support a new children's cause. And so for the Skyrun in total, 100% uh, of my efforts are going to help Right to Play help more young girls around the world. And what help looks like is basically, it costs about 32-ish US dollars to help one girl. So what that does is it provides her education for a year and that takes that allows um, them to provide an environment for that girl to be removed from, say, a child bride situation or various mm -hmm. other um, life impacting things. Because essentially, through the challenge, uh, through the Skyrun challenge, I am trying to help as many young girls as I can around the world design a life they would want to live and remove constraints and barriers and people that are trying to remove that for them. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Josh, for sharing that. Um, I think it's just, it really puts things in perspective when you, like when you put that number in front of us, right? So $32 to take a girl out of, um, of an abusive home or a child bride situation or whatever it is and give her access to education or, or remove the barriers from her accessing opportunity. Um, that's not even dinner for two, you know? Right. And it's like, it, it, and... It, yeah, it's just it puts so much in perspective when you take yourself out of your world and your day to day life and think about someone else's. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, I'm tearing up. But and that's kind of the thing with this, because and it it's that we get so many uh, influences or we get so many, so many like in, imprints on us on a regular basis about ways that we can help people. Right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and we should, and I love that because the world should be helping the world. <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's, that's why we're, we see these things quite often. So what I'm trying to do rather than, because I get this question sometimes, why, instead of spending this money on building an airship, why don't you take that money and give it to the kids, right? And, and, and therein lies the difference because without the experience, right? Without the, without the, the, the challenge and the engagement, uh, certainly, I could, I mean, it wouldn't be very easy for me to go out and raise $80,000, but without having a thing to work on. Mm. But if I were to take all the money um, that I've spent, because all the other challenges, I've spent money out of my own pocket myself. Right. If, if I would have taken that money and given that to charity, well, it wouldn't have gone near as much because it kind of compounds, you know, so as yeah. these challenges come on, like if if I don't if I don't have an experience to talk about, then mm -hmm. you know where does that go? So yeah. So with every single challenge, uh, you know, a hundred percent of that money goes directly to the kids. And and to my point, 
is that, yeah, it's $32. And maybe we hear this for many other causes. Well, only for the cup of coffee, for, for the cost of a cup of coffee every single day, you could help this person do this thing. And we hear these things quite often. And that's why to try to separate my story from everyone else's that I'm trying to run yeah. through the sky, for instance, yeah. to help raise these kids, uh, to, yeah, to help support these kids. And I think, I think what comes out of it from an experience perspective, not just for you, but for everyone involved is exponential, right? So, so, right. so think about what we're doing here, Josh. So now we've, you've gotten right to play, um, or you've gotten a chance to help right to play through this uh, challenge, mm -hmm. right to play as a result of this challenge is now connected to all of the 20, 30 organizations so far that are involved in so many different ways to help you bring this to life. Um, yeah. If there's a sponsor involved, whoever's coming on board moving forward, also each become a relationship that strengthened their cause moving forward. Right. And so the the ripple effect of the challenge and the I think straight away there's there's a multiplication in the amount of money that you can generate. You could give that eighty thousand dollars to um, to the charity directly, but I think what comes out of this in terms of attention and in terms of maybe for the next five years people are going to continue to fund Right to Play because they entered their journey through this story of your challenge. And so, right. right, the relationships I think you're creating, those relationships have a compounding effect for these girls, for the charities, for the causes, which one donation doesn't have. Absolutely right. And it's a good point that you land on because it's not just quantitative. You know, there's yeah. quantitative measures, that, which of course is usually in charity land. That's usually charity land. It's usually dollars raised yeah. versus people helped. And administration costs yeah but then when you do qualitative on top of that so not only is it how much money are you raising to help these kids mm -hmm. but definitely like what is the what are the additional impacts how are the what are the relationships what's the marketing for instance because there's a lot of tv and media and things that go around these mm -hmm. yeah so there's many different shapes and sizes that these that these challenges do help and also there's there's a bit of a spirit element as well yeah. which is it, I, and I'm happy to say that I've had this feedback from previous or charities that I've supported in the past, which is because I choose them. Like I, I do my due diligence and I make sure it's a reputable, honest, you know, set up a proper charity. Um, even though some of them are very small. Right. When I choose to support that charity, it kind of brings in a little bit of life because now they get to talk about, oh, okay, we've got this weirdo that's going to take a unicycle down the mountain next year to support mm -hmm. our cause. And it's, so, so there's many kind of compound effects that, that do happen. So that's why these exist. That's super. Yeah, thanks for thanks for this week's update, Josh. Uh, I want to go into something that uh, that came up for me a few days ago when I was having a conversation with someone about the show and about what we're doing here. And um, he asked me a question that I was just like, <clears throat> I have to put this to you. He said, Bring it on. Uh, <laughs> he said, what if all of this fails. Uh, what if the, you know, maybe the airship never gets built or what if Josh starts running and something doesn't work and you find out that the power doesn't do enough to move the airship or what if the whole thing falls flat? And I was like, you know. Falls flat is a great, great sentence. Right? Yes, exactly. What if it literally falls flat? And, yeah. and I was thinking, I have my own 
way of looking at that, of looking at a challenge at anything big. But I wanted to put this question to you and have you share your thoughts on it, because I'm pretty sure at some point um, that fear has popped up in some way, shape or form. And I know you've got a take on how you conquer that fear. 100%. Um, so that's an interesting word that you use, uh, fear. I would actually remove that with awareness because and when it comes to failure I mean, yeah of course i mean the internet connection could fail in this conversation therefore this interview is a or interview this this episode is a failure right, right. everything in life that we really care about engaging in has a component of it not working everything otherwise we wouldn't be in it like you know and so to this point some you know it's the first time i'm hearing this question so i'm, I'm thinking about my honest reaction to this I think it all comes down to attachment. What is it that we're making a conscious decision on attaching ourselves to? Because there's a couple different ways that I could look at the Skyrun. For instance, using the Skyrun as an example, but this can apply for any situation in anyone's life that's watching this. So when, when, we're, when we're trying to produce something or, or engage in something or apply for that new job or reviewing our relationship with something or someone, et cetera, anything that we're looking at can potentially fail right using air quote now in that we have to really look at what our attachment is to it because i'm absolutely driven for the sky run but there's a different kind of level of attachment with it to where i respect it for the nature of what it is in itself mm -hmm. and if for whatever reason something doesn't work with the sky run I don't look at that as a failure. That's why I said I'm removing failure with awareness. I, I'm replacing failure with awareness. Mm -hmm. So when when I'm looking at the Skyrim, which I have been visually doing many, many times over the past couple of years and will continue to do so until it's complete, there are many things that, uh, as I'm standing here in, in March 2022, and I'm looking back into 2019, actually, when this thing kind of kicked off so long ago, almost three years, that... I could deem as failures because right. they didn't, they, they haven't evolved in the way in which I thought that they would to get us to this point right now. Yeah. Which I'm very, very glad for because the things that I thought were the right thing weren't the right thing. Mm -hmm. And this has evolved and shaped and kind of shifted into what it is now. So mm -hmm. the thing is, I think as long as when we're looking at a project or situations in our lives and we're, I invite people to take away the fear because there really isn't any fear because it's, it's, it's just an awareness. And if we're afraid, well, that tells us that we're too attached to what our mind assumes is the right outcome. Right? Mm. And if we remove our attachment from that, Mm -hmm. And we allow it to have its own nature to become what it is. Now, that doesn't mean I'm, I'm sitting back going, I don't care. This thing's just going to work. So like, whatever. No, I mean, I'm putting in work. And that's why we're having this series. I'm putting in work every single day and it's growing every single week. But the trajectory of where it's going has, is, and probably will change quite dramatically from what it is, I think. And that's okay. The only thing that I know is that it's not not going to happen. Right, like this is absolutely happening. And if it comes down to, you know, if it comes down to me running two meters off the ground across Oslo, then well, maybe that's it. That's, I mean, that's not going to happen. But still, I mean, it is going to it is going to take place because when I initially had the idea, 
I wasn't going to run the length of Nisa Fjord over uh, this big fjord over on the west coast in Norway. Right. I was going to run off of Predikestolen. That's what I really wanted to do, which is a, mm -hmm. it's a cliff. So for people that aren't based in Norway, it's a cliff face uh, in, on the west coast. Very, very dramatic, very Viking kind of territory over there. And it's a 620 meter drop straight down. Right. And I thought it would be brilliant to run off of that. Run of, yeah. You would think that is brilliant, Josh, just yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah, right, fair uh, enough. <laughs> but um, very cool, right. So that was where it started, or that was your first vision of how this was going to go. Actually, where it started, so it kind of, that was kind of round two, where it started. Ah. I wanted to run across Norway. Right? I, I remember. I remember, because this was one of the first things when I met you, I think, or not the first time I met you, because this challenge wasn't, hadn't, it, it it was born in your head already, but you weren't talking about it so much then. Um, right. By the second or third time I met you, you said, I'm going to run from the southernmost tip of Norway to the northern. And I was oh, like, sure. that's a long run. And yeah. then you were like, but across the sky. And I was like, okay, sit down, let me buy you a coffee and that's let's right. talk about yeah. this. Because it was going to be that, and yeah, and and and, and again, the where the way that things evolve, where we can kind of look at things as failing, like failure only really happens once we give up. Yeah, I mean, bold thing to say, but it's true. Like, like failure really resides on us because this thing could not work. I mean, it was supposed to happen last year. Yeah, the Corona and various other things. I mean, and, and not even just that, but this project is massive and it's taking a while to put together. Mm. so I could look at that I mean I had some friends pull me say like oh Josh you know well it didn't happen in 2021 you kind of look at this thing as a failure I'm like what no no yeah. absolutely not it's gonna happen it just takes time but but the failure is really on us and I understand there's extenuating circumstances for various things in our life so we can't always just go out and fully say that I'm going to completely own the ability and the outcome of this failure right but really failure failure as a as a verb only exists when we allow and allow that to become the thing and we give up because right. it will fail if i go Aditi, uh this has become way too hard and the conversation of having or this team dropped out or that group didn't sponsor it so i'm out mm. failure because i chose everything else is live and then we just have yeah. to wait again like the way in which we attach to things because as we attach and we, if I attach to the idea that this was going to be a sky run across the country, well, then that's my fault because I've attached to that. Because when the engineers came back and said, you're an idiot, um, <laughs> it's going to take like, running and the wind conditions across the country and all this. And that was actually a really cool response because Matt, the project manager, who I'm very, very excited to have on our show because mm -hmm. everyone needs to know Matt. <laughs> Matt said, mate, why he's British. Uh, he's like, mate, everything that you've been doing over the past few years has been across something, right? So I hand cycled across Japan. Uh, I bicycled across the Atlantic. He's like, the wow factor was in the across part. Yeah. Because, right? Yeah. He goes, but you're running through the sky. So the wow factor is, I'm going to run through the sky and do it across the country. Like, the wow factor isn't that. The yeah. wow factor is the factor freaking running through the sky. He's like, why don't you peel back a little bit, make it easy on us as a production team? And, mm -hmm. and he goes, why don't you do something like a half marathon? I was like, 
marathon. He's like, okay, fine, marathon. We'll do a marathon. I was like, brilliant. Yeah. So it just it's just evolution. But back then, I mean, you remember our first conversations about this. Mm. Back then, it was like, I'm gonna run across Norway. I'm gonna do this big, you know, massive across challenge. Mm. And it didn't pan out that way because it shouldn't, because that wasn't its nature. Yeah. Because and if I was too attached to it, mm. it would have failed because I would be like, well, no, that's it. I just want to run across Norway. So thanks, thanks, folks. Thanks for helping, but I'm out. No. So just that's the thing, like with with anything that we, I'm on a real tangent here. Let's think Go for anything, it. Yeah, anything that we have in life, anything that we have that we're really, really passionate about, either you name it as like applying for a new job or moving or whatever that is in our world. Really, really, I invite people to really look at what their level of attachment to a specific outcome is. Mm-hmm because that will determine the ability for it to either evolve and become what it's meant to be yeah, or fall over and, and people actually lose their, their position in it. Like, and, and, and that's when failure kicks in. So yeah. just remove the attachment, let it evolve. Don't stop working. Don't stop the vision like yeah. around what it is that, okay, sometimes it has to shift, but don't stop the vision around what it is that you want to come to life. And things will work, but sometimes you just have to kind of give a little bit of space yeah. to things. For to things to, yeah, for things to happen their way. Um, and I think the, totally. the important part here, Josh, is this was never about you or the run itself, right? This has always been um, from our first ever conversation about the Sky Run. It's always been about the girls and it's always been about um, helping I remember, I think when we first spoke about it, you didn't even have right to play in that association in place. It was just, I know that I want to help a charity with this and I'm now looking for the right association. Um, And because you were going to do the run in Norway, you knew that you wanted the organization to be here as well. And so it was always about that. And so none of that has changed. So it's almost like the the bigger details of, like you said, the vision hasn't changed. It's just some of the means to get there have changed and that's fine. Correct. Absolutely right. And yeah. it has to be about them. You know, it, it, I mean, that's always the starting point. It has to be about the kids because inherently I'm kind of a lazy person. So if it wasn't for the kids being involved, it, it, the kids being assisted, I, I, I wouldn't do. Yeah. 20% of the effort of the, into the things that I do for this. Because yep. I'm not running through the sky to say it's cool to run through the sky. Yes, of course, it's fun to say that, but it's for a purpose. And yep. that purpose is the North Star. It is always the North Star. Yeah. And yeah. I need it to be. And, and that's actually a really good point that you bring that up in too, because if it wasn't for that purpose being the North Star, when kind of failures or um evolution or shifts or changes happen because that stuff it's kind of I'm you know I'm kind of agnostic as to how things come to life when it comes to these things mm-hmm. because of the only thing that is not changing is these girls are getting helped yeah as long as that north star is locked in then everything else can shift and change I mean to be honest if it ends up I wanted to run through the sky and and if for whatever reason that didn't happen and I ended up pogo sticking down Mount Kilimanjaro backwards uh, as a result, and the and the girls got helped. Well, then it, now it's a backwards pogo stick challenge. Right. <laughs> I don't know why yeah. my mind went to that, but that's where it went. 
Yeah, yeah, I get that completely. So are we <clears throat> saying, Josh, then that that fear was never there at all for you? Or did you learn to get to the point of non-attachment that you are at now? Because when you, because you sound like this has come from a place of wisdom, right? A place of having kind of been there, or maybe watched something fail and then come out on the other side with this, or maybe you were born enlightened. I'm open to that idea as well. <laughs> so, so um, I was just, that's funny you say that, because I was just going to say far be it for me to even pretend that I'm an enlightened person because I have a lot of room, I have a lot of room to go on that. Um, so it, it, these are learned bangers. Definitely, because I've I've certainly been a part of many things in my life, like we all are, anyone watching this. I've been a part of so many things where I've attached so much. Like I really, really wanted that thing to work or that in, in you know in input whatever scenario here, right? Right. It, like I wanted that thing to work, but that is the thing that I've really picked up on is the more we're able to okay, certainly you send out uh, intention that you want something to come to life. Mm. But the more that that intention is kind of wrapped in expectation of a specific outcome, the harder you're actually going to, the harder time you're gonna have actually bringing that to life. Yeah. And, and so I've certainly learned that over the years and, and I'm fortunate, I mean, I've, I've, got, um, I've got a great backstory. You know, when I was a kid, I moved around a lot with my family and, and both like my folks split when I was six years old, but <clears throat> mom and dad, we both like constantly moved around the States due to the careers that they had when I was young. And so there was a constant kind of shift and change and new schools and new friends and new girlfriend and this like all the time. And that kind of taught me that things change, mm. but the thing that doesn't change, like the constant is me, right? My base, my center, and the way in which I'm going to view life and the, and the, uh, the opportunities that I have in my world aren't going to shift um, through me, right? I mean, everything changes externally, but the only thing that's not going to is myself. And I have the constant ability to give myself the permission to be in my complete center the most that I can. We're going really deep on this show. But, <laughs> but the way in which these things come to life are only going to do that when we come from a strong position of who we are. Yeah. Because everything yeah. else is and uh, can and will change and so we can look at those as failures or we can look at those as continuing uh continuing steps in the evolution of the understanding of our own identity yeah yeah wow that was we definitely went a couple of layers deeper than than we usually do here um so there's people listening today josh that will hear your message and there's others that are probably crippled by this fear of failure, by maybe just over attachment to an outcome, um, and they're not going to hear it. Uh, to those people that are kind of stuck with, and, and I think we all are in some degrees for something in our lives, um, sure. even if um, on the whole, I'm going to say, yeah, on the whole, I think I'm not attached to an outcome. I'm more, I will do the thing and then see where it goes. But there's a few things in my life that I can think of that I'm very stubborn about. That's like, oh my God, if it doesn't go like this, I'm going to be in a bad mood, right? And so, <laughs> and so um, to those of us that are holding on to that a little bit, what do you have to say? Trust the process. Trust the process. 
Absolutely. Because it's, it's really, really hard to have a decent vantage point from where we're standing. Mm. <laughs> You're right. Because when you look back over time, like over, over the, like the past, give yourself 10 years, <clears throat> you have a bird's eye view. You can yeah. see, oh, that makes sense. Everything that happened, didn't see it at the time, but everything that happened to get me to where I'm at right now, yeah. it's completely clear. However, it gets really, really, really foggy. It gets hard to see when we're looking forward. Yeah. And that's where the trust the process part comes in. And also, I would like to say this as well. If people are in a specific spot, this is, I'm not trying to say that I'm moving into the coaching space necessarily, but if anyone's interested, if they're in a spot, reach out. Like, I'm happy to have a 30-minute conversation with anyone um, on a circumstance or situation that they're in and see if maybe my experience might be able to help other people. I'm, I'm thrilled to have those chats because we do all get those. And I'm not going to say I don't get those. I have those as well. Like, yeah, absolutely. And, and sometimes it's just nice to kind of take a partner with someone and just go, well, actually, this is the thing that I'm dealing with. And because the thing is, we all have the information and insight in us. Mm -hmm. It's just getting to that level of conversation with someone else to help us tap into what we inherently already know. Oh, give us that one again. <laughs> <laughs> so we all contain, we all contain the answers within us to whatever it is that we're working on. It's just getting to a level of insight that we gain from conversation with other people that help us tap into the information we already inherently know. Because we all have that in us. We're all built complete. We all have the insight. We all have the answers. Everyone is a complete, unique, and whole person and has all the insight in them. Sometimes we just need to spend time with the right person and have the right level of conversation to tap in to what it is that we already naturally know. No. Yeah. It's access. It's access. Literally. Yeah. And, and I think the garbage in our lives, uh, in our lives and the, the expectations of ourselves and of others off us, all of that clouds that access. 100%. And here's the other thing as well is I, I kind of challenge people to consider the level that we're thinking at. Yeah. Because, because we all have a, like a whole range within us of, of ideas or however that whatever we want to bring to life. But often we're, we're thinking at this level, mm. right? I, myself included, it happens. And just be aware of the level of thinking that we're operating from. Not to say that we have to go run through the sky and we have to do all this stuff, like, but whatever that version of that is to you. Yeah. People are like, oh, I hate my job. And I hate my job. And just <laughs> constantly, hmm. And, or I'm in this situation, or I'm in a bad relationship, or I'm this. It's like, be aware of the level of which you're operating from. Yeah. I mean, understandably, those things bring a lot of it, like a lot of emotions for many people. I have been there as well. I've been in a job that I didn't like and I stuck in it because there, there's association, there's determination, there's grit. I respect it. But just make sure that you're that we're aware of the level of which we're operating at, because we can't always shift that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it's easy to look at like people, places and events. Right. But if we were to talk about something that's, I don't know, kind of obvious, that life is short, 
and you could do anything that you want to in this finite time that we've got, what level is it that we're willing to operate from? What are the level of conversations that we're in thoughts that we're willing to have that are going to get us to be able to do something different? Wow, we've gone really deep on this episode. Good. Yes, we have. Well, it, it, you know, this is bringing me back full circle to um, to to the feeling I felt when we were talking about that thirty-two dollars and what it does. It's perspective, right? right? And just just your the way you're looking at things. Um, if you look at it through the lens of fear, that's going to be your your level of anxiety, your um, your closeness around it, your inability to see future possibilities. All of that is just it's clouded because you put the lens of fear on and um, take them off, like take those take off. off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and, it's, just... it, and it's really hard to say, stop being afraid. Of course. Yeah. So, and that's and that's why when we started this part of our conversation today is my invitation is to shift it so that energy you can't just stop that energy i mean it's going to be there but however you can shift it to where are we afraid or are we aware yeah you know, because there's certainly things that i mean yeah there's certainly things in life that we can and should be afraid of which i understand but but when it comes to paralyzing ourselves like maybe i shouldn't do this because i don't want to fail at it which is that's cross-cultural i mean that's that's a tale as old as time isn't it like fear mm -hmm. we give ourselves the ability to shift that fear and say i'm actually not really afraid i'm just aware i'm a, i'm aware that this can happen and funny things kind of start to take place things open up things loosen up and yeah, yeah. It's amazing. You're driving home um, something that my coach repeats like like a broken record. He always says awareness is cure. Awareness is cure. And that's it. Like it's like don't worry about doing something about it straight away. Just start to note. Oh, look at that. Fear of failure popped up for me. Oh, look at that. I didn't do something because I was afraid or um, I was daunted or whatever it was. Just become aware of it. Don't try and jump in and change everything all at once. Just start to note that awareness. And over time, you distance yourself from it. And over time, it's like, okay, hang on. So this is a feeling that is yeah. showing up in this space. And I have the the opportunity to walk away from this feeling right now and Absolutely. maybe do things differently but unless you become aware you can't see it popping up yeah. as a feeling it becomes so much a part of you like i think there was a point in my life josh where i fear of failure was me you know it was that it was it wasn't separate from me it was just that was my way of doing things. I was overly cautious, overly planned everything. I think I've yelled at you once or twice for like not showing up for a meeting <laughs> on time because, and, and you know what? Like life happens, things come up and I'm just like, and over time it's like, well, yeah, come on. Like let go of that perfect plan, perfect outcome because it's going to loosen me up when I let go. And so, yeah, so many, so many angles, so many places to take this conversation. I'm going to leave um, us over here. I think we've left people that are listening with lots to think about you left me with a lot to think about um thanks josh for another super conversation uh anything you feel like we need to wrap up with before we close off and meet for episode four which i think you're going to be in the u.s when we do that i will be in the u.s um, actually over the next uh, number of episodes i'm going to be in the u.s in various locations so i'm, I'm excited cool. about the background being las vegas or the grand canyon or all sorts of random stuff san francisco so yeah, I'm going on a little bit of a tour. I'm doing a road trip with my father, actually.
actually. So yeah, as I said, so this would be super cool. But um, I, I think, yeah, there is one thing that I think is really, really important that I want to wrap up on. And that's just me saying thank you for your time on this. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you for being here. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I think it's um, these conversations that I know they open up so much for me. Um, I hope they're doing the same for you, Josh, and uh, for everyone listening. Cool beans. Okay, let's wrap up on that note. And the next time I see you, um, I'll see you in in the Americas. That sounds fun. <laughs> Have a good one. Thanks, Josh. Good